will test your balance and your striking ability. This week, we're about to get physical. Two rookies will start on a pedestal. You will grab your pugil stick, and the concept is simple. Knock your opponent off their pedestal. This is called Rock'em Sock'em Rookie. The future is now. Welcome to the show. It is your boy, Larry Knight. And of course, Notorious Nando. Once again, it is your boy, Larry Knight in the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S-N-A-N-D-O, Notorious Nando, with another episode of Half K Podcast, episode nine. Podcast nine. I know. Can you believe we're already on nine? Nah, you know what? It's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. Next week will be 10, so, you know, it's pretty much sneaking up on us right there i think 10 is one of those like celebration numbers yeah i i like that but you know how with wrestlemania 17 like people say that that's the best mania and that one of course is not even a even number so wwe does throw those curveballs once in a while you know true 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 but you know like we can't really help that though because it's not like i bet you in their minds they wanted 20 to be the best oh one, yeah yeah or like maybe i would think one five ten 20 30 and maybe like every 10 years yeah you know the one that i think that they always tried to like make it the milestone one was wrestlemania 2000 do you remember that i i do but i don't remember what number mania that was it's uh 16 16 i you know what i remember most about that mania it sucked it it did suck and you the reason why i bring up that i think why they tried to make it the milestone one was because do you remember the 24 hour prep for that Remember that when we went to uh, Mark's house and they had played stuff for WrestleMania like 24 hours before the actual event. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so it's technically that one is actually technically the longest WrestleMania ever because they actually had 24 hours of programming going into the going into the actual pay-per-view, which I was like, Ugh. <laughs> mm. in retrospect, that probably wasn't the best idea. No. and. Now they're actually, uh, you know, heading that way without even trying to do it, you know? <laughs> For the first time ever, experience the magic and mayhem of WrestleMania all day long. A 12-hour extravaganza featuring highlights from all 15 WrestleManias, interviews with superstars past and present, and live behind-the-scenes access where anything can happen. Order WrestleMania all day long for $49.95, which includes WrestleMania Live, or purchase the live event only for $34.95. Prepare yourself for WrestleMania all day long, Sunday, April 2nd on pay-per-view. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind everyone that we do have our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. On Instagram, we do a weekly AMA uh, Instagram story, and we'll answer some of those questions on future podcasts. And we'll also, from time to time, do some uh, polls on there for future spinoff topics. Kind of like what we did recently with the NXT TakeOver Reactions video. 
So we'll post a couple of, you know, topics, maybe like the Worlds Collide one with NXT talent, you know, stuff related to uh, NXT for now. But if you guys want us to cover other other areas of wrestling, we can also do that as well. Uh, going back to that, actually, this is a question that I had in our backlog, but I kind of wanted to wait after like the mania hype and then a couple months until SummerSlam. This one is from Carl in Oakland. He wants to know, since there have been rumors about kind of what we were just talking about, the 24-hour Mania, there have been rumors that they want to try to split Mania into like a two-day event. He was asking us how we felt like we could split it up in a way where it actually makes sense. I'll go first. because I, yeah. uh, I I have <laughs> an idea because to me, this is the only way I can logically see it work where people enjoy it and don't get burned out and kind of get used to it. But I don't see it working for Mania yet. I think it would actually work for SummerSlam where they can do SummerSlam as a two or three day event and do it in a style like modern festivals now Mm. where they have like the perfect example. I'm pretty sure like everyone else has gone into different festivals. But for me, my only experience is uh, Outside Lands where you kind of have, say, TakeOver on, on Friday, and that's its own thing. But around it, they the fans can like go in and out of the event and also do like the other stuff, like the Hall of Fame stuff or like the, um, the, the access area. And then kind of like what all these other festivals do where they have like different things or like people can go get drinks, people can go get food, et cetera, et cetera, and then start WrestleMania on that Saturday with kind of the same venue that they already have. So people know where to go and come back from. And it's like reserved space. So then there's like that big stage area where people can come in and out and watch WrestleMania. But at the same time, they can go do other stuff and, you know, see uh, the access stuff or get signatures from people who are not wrestling and are wrestling on the next day or whatever. And, you know, just do other things of, you know, eating and drinking and stuff like that. To me, I think, that would be the only logical way. And for, for SummerSlam, it would make sense. You know what I mean? Because it is like that festive kind of concert experience that they want to always try to aim for and make it like the summer, the party of the summer or the, the biggest party of the summer kind of gimmick. And then if that actually works out for them, then they can kind of test it out and move it over to uh, a mania at that point. That's the only way I think would actually make the most sense. But of course, you would have to work out the logistics of like how you make like the audience kind of go back and forth and make sure that the arena for mania, or I should say for SummerSlam in that scenario to not be too empty and not to be too full. You know what I mean? So figuring out the actual logistics, but you know, it could be interesting. That's pretty badass. Um, That's yeah. So my response to that was like, all right, Ja Rule, let's go ahead and put together (laughs) a wrestling fire festival. (laughs) And then I was like, yo, that's hella smart. It's a little too smart for the WWE. Yeah, yeah. That's not- yeah, that's like futuristic next level. Like if you're a, a, a tech billionaire and you're like, I'm going to make my own wrestling festival. Yeah, yeah. That's genius. Yeah. I think the WWE, if they were going to split WrestleMania, they would do something super simple. Like so in the 90s, there was a, in DC Comics, they did a thing where they split Superman up. He had like a new set of powers. Yeah. And it was Superman red and Superman blue. They would probably do some dumb shit and just do 
WrestleMania SmackDown and WrestleMania Raw, yeah. and then just have them like maybe on one, you know, oh. put put uh, I guess what you would do, you would do Takeover on Friday, yeah, uh, WrestleMania Blue on Saturday, yeah, and then WrestleMania Red on Sunday because that would be the one that most people are most, you know, kind of in, uh, ingrained in, in their mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were to do that, say like next year. You'd have to do it with um with Reigns on like WrestleMania Blue to ensure that people are gonna watch that. Right, one. right, right. So I think they would probably do something like that to where if they're gonna stick with this whole brand split thing, which it's looking like they probably won't with like the whole Fox acquisition or whatever, but yeah. who knows? But if they were to stay with it and want to split WrestleMania in two days, the easiest would probably be just to split the brands the way you have it and just do one on Saturday and do one on Sunday. And then that way you could probably keep them to like maybe five hours each or something like that. Mm, mm -hmm. So, you know, like that might work, but I mean, like, so another example of that, like I'm going to this battle rap event and they're doing a two day thing too. And I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to go and watch two days. It is. So like, if you were to split WrestleMania in two days, like I, I probably, I mean, I would do it, but I mean, I would be like totally exhausted afterwards. Like, man, dude, I'm like burnt out. Like, how are you going to have me watch? And then they would probably have to move the Hall of Fame to like what Thursday? Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that'd be a like a it'd be too exhausting a week for people. So if you say like what I have to get there Wednesday, and then there's like Hall of Fame takeover, WrestleMania, WrestleMania Raw, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. nah, dude. I think I think I agree with you with all those facts. I think with the how you mentioned with it being like blue on Saturday and red on Sunday. It's kind of like in the format that I was kind of describing with Outside Lands where like you kind of have like those headliners that will take each day. Mm-hmm. And I can see that working too. That's the thing is like you kind of have to get them used to that format. Sim- <sighs> similar to how like these festivals have done, done it like Coachella and Outside Lands where at that point people are know what to expect that they have to actually be there the whole day. So I think that's how they would have to like slowly kind of... In- engrave it in there you know what i mean like they couldn't do it like overnight from one mania to the next yeah i think it would have to be like either yeah SummerSlam or something more where like the weather is perfect where like people don't mind being in like a large outdoor Mm -hmm. venue slash park or or whatever how they end up doing it Mm -hmm. and then kind of like blend it in so then people now get used to of like okay and kind of the same format where like they can either sell the whole package or if you just want to go one day or the other. You know what I mean? You know, like I, I like your idea a lot for SummerSlam. Yeah. Because yeah. then like I'm like my, you know, what just came to my mind right now. Yeah. Bash at the beach. Yeah. 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 The way they used to have like that pool and that beach theme mm-hmm. around it. Like if they just kind of like did with exactly what you said. Yeah. And with uh like SummerSlam and just turn it into basically a music festival. Yeah. That would be raw as fuck. Dude. I know. Like. Think about it. You just have, I mean, they already, they already do like the tribute to the troop thing, like mm-hmm. out in the open. You could just do like a SummerSlam thing out in the open and it'll just, you'll just have like this sea of people out. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, that'd be so cool. Yeah. That's what I think. Like, I don't know if, if they are really considering it or if it is really just rumors for WrestleMania, but I honestly think they should scrap those and just try it out with SummerSlam <laughs> because it would make the most sense, I think. Like, people, want to go to these like fest that's the in thing right now yeah so. yeah i mean why not literally just make it the biggest party of the summer yeah like, like I, so i yeah that'd be dope you yeah just, you know especially yeah at that point like it, they're already masters of like advertising and selling and at that point they would just have to get an advisor who's already done these type of festivals before to kind of 
help them advertise it in mm-hmm. that way. And at that point, I think fans who go to these festivals already would get used to it. And then they would kind of slowly start getting the the casual wrestling fan that isn't used to those fest that festival lifestyle to kind of slowly adjust to it within a couple of years. And then at that point, you can mix it up and try to do it with WrestleMania at that point. Yeah, because then you know how like they had them stupid ass uh, music performances at WrestleMania. Exactly. Yeah. Like they could just do that at SummerSlam. Yeah, then, yeah. I mean, you could just I really don't want that at a wrestling show anyway. But if you're going to do it and make more sense to do it there. Yeah. And then at that point, you're like, it doesn't have to be the only thing. Like if people kind of like kind of like the mania that we went to with that one girl that was the only person that got into uh who was performing at the at the at the, <laughs> at the wrestling we went to where like she was literally the only person dancing like up front uh was it was that it uh was it 30 was or or was it I, 31 I, dude i think it was 31 but I, I don't even know who performed that. WrestleMania. I'm trying to think who performed, but it was like literally. So we went to WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara and um, like everybody around us was like super stoked to go <laughs> to this WrestleMania and watch the wrestling. And it was just one woman that was there with this dude, I guess, or whatever. And she was like not into none of it up yeah. until the musical act came on and she lost her shit and she was just going off. She was wilding <laughs> out to. I can't remember who it was. I know. She was like in the zone. I mean, it, I mean, who it's got to be like what Pitbull? Kid Rock or Flow Rider. It, it had well, I'll look it up afterwards and play it as like today's outro music just to give him a shout out. But yeah, I, I think that would be the perfect kind of mashup where you can have the main SummerSlam card happening, but if you want to go listen to the musical act, they'll be on like a different stage. So it's the it's the perfect blend. Like people will be happy. Like the, yeah, ca- the casual. You know what? That's dope. I like that. <laughs> and then like you could get real strategic about it. So like you could have like that match that's usually for the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. But you could turn that match into like a dope music performance. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you just if if you already know that like, people are gonna need to like move away or get her out and then move around and get out of their seat. Yeah, yeah just do something like that. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, sorry, Battle Royal. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, I I was saving that question because I was like, oh, that's a good one. Like, especially now that, yeah, we're a couple of months away from SummerSlam. I was like, that should be the one that you I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's dope. Cool. Thanks. Thanks again for the question. And yeah, if you have any other questions that you want to shoot off, shoot off at us, uh, just make sure to mail it at halfkmail at gmail.com and we'll answer them on a future podcast. So thanks again. Cool. So let's get started on this week's episode, as uh, Larry mentioned, we are on episode nine. We are both watching it, of course, on the WWE Network. I didn't have too many facts, but I did want to kind of this is not really that spoilerish, but I did want to mention that Daniel Bryan, his streak has ended with this episode because he actually competed in all eight episodes from the beginning. And this is actually his. uh this breaks his streak. He appears on the show, but he doesn't wrestle on the show. So this is the first one where he doesn't compete. And now he's at, uh, he's currently at Oh, and eight. So, Ooh. so that's the only fact I had for this week's episode. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Nope. Cool. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So like this episode is from good old four twenty in 2010 <laughs> at the Mohegan sun arena in here we go. <laughs> Uncasville, Connecticut. To be fair, they never say it throughout this. They entire- sure don't. They, like <laughs> I was watching it. I was just waiting for him to say it so I could get 
so I can understand how to pronounce it. But yeah. then they're just like, oh, we're over here in the Mohegan <laughs> Sun Arena <laughs> out here in beautiful Connecticut. <laughs> so, wait, what? Uh, we're he, or, or they would say like we're here at the home of the Patriots, but they would never bring up the actual city that nope, they were in. never. Because uh, when I was looking up the facts for this uh, episode, I was like, hmm, I am never going to be able to say this. And I really want to hear how it's pronounced. And I mean, I still want to hear how it's pronounced, but I'm going with Uncasville. Uncasville. Yeah. If if people from Uncasville know how it's pronounced, just shoot us a, uh, a message. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, you know it better than we do. I would hope so. <laughs> We start off with the WWE signature and the standard intro. There's no recap package. It's kind of weird that they don't do it sometimes when some key events happen in the previous episode. I, I don't know how they judge it or whatever. So we go into the first segment, which is the Rock'em Sock'em Challenge. They are already outside the ring and Matt Stryker introduces the rookies. They... uh kind of go in random order this week but i'll i'll list off everyone and mention what place they're in slater is in fourth place otunga is in fifth place gabriel is in third place young is in eighth place Barrett is in second place brian is in first place skip is in sixth, and tarver is in seventh place from there striker reminds the crowd that the next pros poll is going to be in three weeks time so we're kind of getting there, but, you know, it's still taking a while for for us to actually get to the meat and bones of the competition show of it. Obviously, they're doing these challenges in the meantime, but I still feel like the actual like competition survival type part of the aspect show doesn't kick in for a good while. So he just mentions that in three weeks time, we'll we'll have the first like elimination finally at that point. It's pretty weird because I'm like, all right, so now we're kind of getting into the this is what we do for episodes. We're yeah. Gonna open up with one of these challenges that may or may not have to do with anything, but you're going to do it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, that's fine. But at the same time, like, how is this supposed to sway me? Like the challenges, like they gave us the criteria yeah. at the pros bowl and now they're giving us challenges, but the challenges don't have to do anything with the criteria. Yeah. 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 So what are the challenges really for? Yeah. Other than wasting time. Wasting time and and kind of like how you said, like they get like a prize out of it, but I would think that they would get like points. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like you know, make it. I I guess I was I was hoping that the the challenges were gonna have to do with more of how it'll affect their like placing in the uh, competition and whatnot. But. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Where say if so and so won, then like they would move up the rankings or something like that. But yeah, or like you know, like say if you won this contest you would gain immunity from getting eliminated or something like that. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. ooh, all right, dope. Yeah, but so far, like, it, it is kind of random, and they get some decent, like, prizes. In my notes here, I have that Striker does mention the winner of last week's challenge, the Talk to Talk promo class. <laughs> and Barrett un- ended up winning that one, and his prize was to create his own entrance music. So I did follow up on this, and... He actually never got it throughout this season, <laughs> but I did find I did uh, find this WWE.com article, which asked him this question. So I'll just go ahead and read it word for word. They asked him uh, by winning the challenge last Tuesday night, you earned a chance to get your own entrance music. Tell the WWE universe about the theme song you'd like to have. Barrett replies, 
I'm still in discussions with my mentor, WWE pro Chris Jericho about that. Obviously he is a mere, he is a musical maestro himself. He is a member of a great band Fozzy. So I'll, I'm having a chat with him about that and we're still working out. We're working on something definitive. So it's kind of funny. You, I'm pretty sure like he really didn't say that. And it was like writers definitely just writing that, uh, that headline for, for themselves. But yeah, I, I did look it up and he doesn't get his own original theme until after the core breakup. So this contest, or I should say last week's contest was pretty much void where like nothing happened. From All lies. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I, I had to confirm because I was like, hmm, that sounds really cool. But does he actually get it? And I was like, yeah, I don't remember him having a theme song early like his own theme song early early on so I, it's a good thing that i did double check that <laughs> terrible <laughs> so from there striker empty promise <laughs> nxt the land of empty, empty promises, promises. <laughs> man <laughs> from there striker says that they're gonna do another physical challenge this week in the rock'em sock'em challenge so the rules with this are that two rookies stand on a inflatable pedestal and they try to knock themselves out with the pugil sticks is is the the correct term i believe yep that's what he said the this is basically joust from american gladiators yes. if, if you've ever seen american gladiators mm-hmm. i was i had written down myself i wonder if wwe just asked mike adamley if he could borrow or steal the props from that show nice just to you know save some some money and some cost there mm-hmm. yeah man i put that in there too <laughs> old american gladiator looking ass <laughs> and one of my homeboys got one of these things from uh, uh you know like the mexicans where you rent the jumper oh you know, yeah, they, yeah they got these things too man like you oh do they really yeah dude you can rent these things i didn't know that mm-hmm. Probably, you know not as big to fit on a stage yeah but yeah, it's yeah. still pretty big like yeah you couldn't just throw it in your house yeah granted like the ones that they had here it wasn't that tall either it's just like maybe two feet high and, yeah. and that's it but yeah the the cushioning was pretty much like a bounce house at mm-hmm. that point. yeah it's pretty much just like an open bounce house and they give them these big like q-tip looking uh stick things yeah so from there striker says that the winner of the challenge empty promises mm-hmm. <laughs> will get global exposure with a feature on wwe.com so i'll have more on this later but i'm just Stating that right now. Mm, I hope you do. <laughs> he says that the feature will start at midnight, but no other details are mentioned. So that's what got me suspicious in the first place that they just say it's a feature and, and that's it. Journalism. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So for the the first battle is actually between Slater and Otunga. I was actually, I did want to see this matchup just because they are kind of evened out where obviously Otunga does look stronger, but Slater is like, pretty agile i think it's taller too yeah yeah Yeah. so i did want to get i did want to see this one based on the the bat the matchup that they had both guys actually get a good reaction from the crowd but otunga does get booed during the announcement that they were get squared off against each other it's because he's wearing them pants he he competed with them pants. yeah yeah i was i was like oh is he gonna tear him apart nope nope Nope. (laughs) didn't even do it so pretty quickly otunga does um knock or I should say Slater knocks down Otunga in just like a few exchanges and advances into the semifinals. That's because that fool still had those damn pants on. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell, too. Like, he was just like, just using his upper body. Couldn't and even really... move. Man. He had no mobility. 
Up next is Skip and Barrett. That one I also wanted to see just because these guys are probably the biggest two in the on the on the roster for for the rookie side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skip ends up winning after he hits Barrett pretty hard and stumbles over onto uh, Skip's pedestal. This one was pretty hard hitting, and it was funny because afterwards Barrett just throws the the stick at at Skip afterwards, and it actually made it feel like they were genuinely like pissed off at each other because mm-hmm. they start arguing and like shove shoving each other, and then the referees kind of have to separate them at that point. So it was probably the best match out of all of them throughout the night, in my opinion. But it's pretty cool. Then we have uh, Tarver versus Brian. Tarver actually just like throws down his stick before they even compete, and then he just jumps off. So Brian just wins automatically at that point. I think. I think. I think Tarver knows what's going on here, man. I think he knows about these empty promises. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna waste my time. <laughs> I already know nothing's coming out of this. He he probably asked Barrett like, so uh, how how far are you with that theme song? <laughs> and he's like. Hey, what theme song? <laughs> you know what they're saying out there doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really happen, man. See, Tarver, <laughs> he he's knew. on top of this. He man. knew. <laughs> they uh, after that, then Brian starts celebrating, but then same thing. Tarver comes out of nowhere and just kind of like shoves him off, and then they start kind of arguing. And at that point, same thing. The referee just separates them. And then last but not least, we have Gabriel versus Young. Did you uh, did you catch this when like Striker was? He was off camera and he was counting down with the uh, ready, set, go. I think he was. Is that where he had like a little kid say go? Yeah. And I, I was totally thrown off because I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah, I had to sit there and kind of like process what I was hearing. I said, what the heck just happened? <laughs> and I think I thought about it. I was like, what? What could that have possibly been? Because <sighs> it, it, I think I'm glad that you got the same reaction because it threw me off for like a few seconds because he's off camera because they're just focusing on on those two i went back yeah yeah <laughs> and i and listened I was like, to it again i was like wait where is he because <laughs> i thought he was on the stage or like next to them or something like that and that totally threw me off i thought i was tripping yeah. that's why i went back and listened to it again and i was like what yeah oh it's probably a kid <laughs> Woo. and then like i stopped worrying and i was like man i thought i was going crazy see this is why you have to go through the fundamentals of cinematography because you have to do establishing shots so people don't get super tripped out and lose sleep over this because i was gonna lose sleep if i didn't rewind as well so it's a good thing that i was i'm i'm really happy that i wasn't the only one that like was tripped out by that oh no yeah that almost messed me up for a hot minute ready set go and there goes gabriel and young Oh, <laughs> I can't even recover from mm-hmm. that. But yeah, so this one was the quickest one because Gabriel, I don't know if he threw in the towel, but he kind of awkwardly just falls off and, and Young just wins. It was it was weird because they literally only like hit each other for like two or three seconds and then didn't even really hit him that hard. And Gabriel just kind of just like fell off at that point. So it's kind of weird. So that ends the first round. So this is the first time that they're actually not doing like a super long challenge segment. They're actually just spreading it throughout, like, you know, doing it throughout the episode. They're doing it by rounds, I should say, throughout the episode. And I actually like it. I I think it works better this way. So then that way you're just not like sitting through like a long segment Mm -hmm. of of challenges. And yeah, I I personally like them doing it in this format instead. So 
I thought it was pretty cool. From there, we go to commercial break and do the WrestleMania and Extreme Rules video package. But you know what? Hey, uh, you know what I was noticing that I really liked? Yeah. Was the stage. Not even for Mania, but just like the stage. I was like, oh, this is kind of like the beginning of using graphics on the screens mm-hmm. and still having like a Titantron and Pyro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. This is, I think they had started during the... um the WWE ECW run, like towards the end mm. where they moved into like the, the, this was during their transition to HD mm-hmm. where like they started doing that. So once they officially moved over to HD is when they had like, kind of like the set that we're used to now where like, it's more like screen. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it was like the best of both worlds. Kind of like how you mentioned, because you had the new screens, which made it look really nice with the new HD upgrade. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was still having the pyro at that time. Yeah, yeah. and then they had Titan Trials right on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then they had this random, like, big WWE thing just yeah. kind of, like, sitting Oh, yeah, there. yeah, I forgot about that thing. <laughs> it like, was, oh, that looks cool. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think even that had, like, one screen or two on it, too. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I did actually like that set. Mm-hmm. But it was just the people's fashion at the time not really <laughs> doing it for me, man. <laughs> Like Ed Hardy shirts. Oh yeah, yeah. And eh. I'm pretty sure there there was a ton of out there in, in the crowd too. So <laughs> gross. So from there we have these new video packages. It I'm nicknaming them the pros feedback video mm-hmm. packages. So the first one we get is uh, Wade Barrett. I really like this promo because, and in general, like all of them because they kind of illustrate the strengths of each each guys. And also building them up. Miz says he's a, a fan of Barrett already. That it's pretty cool that like a pro is saying that about him and really getting him. I over feel it. like it's honest feedback too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it did look really genuine. Yeah, like all like I, when I watched um you know all the ones that they showed. Yeah, like, it really seemed like either these guys are just masters of their crafts of lying and acting. <laughs> yeah, or like that was honest feedback in, yeah, yeah. E- in each one like so i i really like uh, i like these i think they're really cool yeah i i agree and like I'll, I'll get into more of them as we get through each uh video throughout the episode but yeah i, I like this one of barrett because they were all pretty much like praising him at that yeah, point it was, it was like oh man and i was like hmm i kind of believe all of that yeah <laughs> Wade Barrett, six foot five, two hundred sixty-five pounds from Manchester, United Kingdom, former bare knuckle fighter, number two in the first ever pros poll here on NXT. I'm actually a fan of Wade Barrett. He is possibly the most complete package of all the NXT guys. He's obviously uh, physically impressive. Big guy has got everything cosmetically and physically that a human being could want. He can talk. He can entertain. Well, I say I'm the best. I proved that week in, week out. You know, he's got Jericho in his ear, which is, uh, you know, they seem to be kind of one and the same as far as personality goes. I think Wade Barrett is a great protege. He's been listening to what I say. He's tough as nails. He needs more experience, but so do all the NXT rookies. But most importantly, he's delivering. If he continues to listen to me, he's going to be a very big superstar in a very short period of time. So next we have a video recap of uh, like a quick recap of the WWE draft and mobile ad. So this is kind of the point I wanted to bring back about the winner of tonight's contest that they'll get like a feature on WWE.com. So 
the prize was that they they're going to get exposure on WWE.com, but we don't get any of those details. Mm-hmm. But as they're advertising this draft and an ad for w, the the WWE Mobile, they have a screenshot. I don't know if you caught this. They have a screenshot as they're talking about this, and there is already an article on the right side with NXT Barrett. So either they are already doing these article exposures or they kind of spoiled the winner of tonight's challenge. That's what I was like, okay, what is the big deal of winning this challenge if you already have articles about the rookies on WWE.com? Or yeah, like, did they just spoil it for everybody at that mm. point? So it to me, it was probably the weakest prize so far that they've announced and yeah the weakest empty promise <laughs> hmm. cool so we start off the first matchup is david otunga coming down with our truth and justin gabriel with matt hardy otunga is currently four and two i really like the entrances because they're now i think they've been doing it for a couple of weeks now but this is the one that really stood out to me the most was the interaction between Truth and Otunga during? Yeah, the it was uh, it was a lot more apparent this time. Mm-hmm. I I really like how the tension. Yeah, yeah, they were like going down the ring together, and as they were going up the steps, you can tell that Truth was trying to like tell Otunga something, and then Otunga just kind of puts his hand out. He like gave that fool to talk to the hand. Yeah, 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 and I was like, ooh, that's he. Uh, he kind of put Truth in his place, but no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, and then. To me, I think like the cameraman did a good job of doing a close up on Truth's face after that because yeah. Truth really had that like, oh, what? yeah, yeah, like, oh, okay, I, I see how it is, kind of. Uh, I see, I see how we doing this, Playboy. <laughs> this is how you want to do it, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then, yeah, I think Josh and uh, Cole do a good job of catching that too and selling it for like the audience as well. They are kind of like bringing in like that that tension, like how you mentioned. So mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Then. Oh, sorry. And then after that, Truth does go up to the ring, the the apron, I should say, and tries to call over Otunga. And then same thing, like Otunga just kind of brushes him off. Mm-hmm. And then from there, Truth does that like, oh, OK, yeah, I see how it is. Look on his face. So really good storytelling. I mm-hmm. thought. Then we have uh, Gabriel and Hardy that come out. Gabriel is currently four and two as well. So and then Josh brings that same point up and saying, like, both men have the same record. And that this is like an important match for both guys that because one of them is going to stand out over the other. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Like, I I don't know if they had done that on purpose or were building up to that, but I, I thought that was pretty cool that they had the, the same record going. Nah, they didn't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, do you know that these guys have the same record? And That was after the fact. Way <laughs> too smart after the fact. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet as they were like booking the matches at the end, they were like, oh, what if that fell into our lap nicely? Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So we we start off and Otunga does like a nice takedown slam on Gabriel. Love the way that Gabriel sells everything. He's doing an offensive move or selling move. Like he he's like the right body size, and I think yeah, like you can see the effort, man. Like it, it he's technically like the little high flyer, but he's not that much smaller than everybody. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it's funny because I was like, oh man, Otunga, he's looking like a million bucks in there. Yeah, uh, it's, Gabriel's it's Gabriel. making you look like a million bucks. Yeah, sneaky. Like I can't choose between either Gabriel or Slater as like my favorite seller from the eight, but mm. they're both up there for me at that point. Yeah, they got everybody looking like a million bucks. Yeah, 
Gabriel strikes back and hits like a nice arm dragon drop kick combo. I thought it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And nice sequence. Yeah, it was a nice sequence and super smooth at that point. They do a uh, close up on Truth throughout the match, and based on that like sequence or when Otunga has the advantage, he kind of has like that. Okay, not bad, but I'm still kind of like upset at you expression on his mm-hmm. face. I-, I thought it was like really good storytelling. The crowd does start getting behind Gabriel when he's uh in like a rest hold by Otunga and he's uh trying to escape. So yeah, the fans are definitely like behind Gabriel throughout this whole match. They kind of have like a kind of a messy exchange when Otunga reverses the attempted clothesline, and then you can kind of see them like talking to each other. Otunga then delivers like the neckbreaker. But it was kind of quick and you know, I didn't mind it too much, but you they did mm-hmm. kind of off sync at that point a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh does a great job still throughout this whole match, adding like that story between Otunga and Truth. I I just wanted to make a note of that because he also mentions like, oh, yeah, he had heard backstage or I should say in the locker room that Otunga isn't listening to Truth's Mm -hmm. advice. So I thought that was really cool color that Josh was provided there to to everybody. Yeah, it was a good it was like um, that's the narrative that they were really trying to get over. Mm-hmm. And if that was the narrative that they were trying to get over, Josh did a good like job at like um, not like beating it down our throats, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just giving you little tidbits here and there to kind of keep it fresh on our minds while this match is like, you know, going that although no matter who's about to win this match. Yeah, the 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 story being told is on to- Otunga and Truth. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And and I think it's it's rewarding because you get like these little details, how you mentioned, but you can only get them if you watch the full match. And then the week after, they'll do kind of like a video, like a quick video package mm-hmm. trying to get over the story. And they're more literal there. But I like these like subtle ones throughout the commentary. Yeah. But yeah. So it's pretty cool. From there, Gabriel reverses uh, Otunga's Irish whip with that head scissors to the outside. Mm-hmm. It looked really cool. And then Gabriel did the like a really beautiful Santon Swanton dive out mm-hmm. to the outside. It um it got the crowd like really into it because yeah, he he did it really smooth and beautiful at that point. Then um then again the the camera cuts back to Truth and now he's like openly like grinning and smiling and really saying like oh that's that's what you get now for like not <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> and yeah, the commentators kind of like play you know play off of that as well. As they play the replay, then Gabriel does do another nice crossbody splash from the top rope. Yeah. It, it was kind of hard to see because they had it in split split cam because of the replay, but it looked pretty cool. Gabriel tries to go for the 450, but Otunga rolls to the ropes. As Gabriel chases him, then Otunga grabs him and throws him to the outside. Gabriel then goes back to the apron and counters Otunga with a sunset flip pin attempt. At that point, Otunga kind of like has his hands out try to reach out and then he starts calling for truth to like help him out and like grab my hands and truth just kind of like just nods and just like tells him like oh dude i'm not gonna help you kind of a thing and and then the referee's looking at him too yeah like (laughs) truth is like what are you even like what do you what do you even what what do you want me to do right now with the ref looking yeah (laughs) like openly (laughs) it's, it's pretty funny Gabriel is trying to roll him up and finally gets him over and then gets the uh, three count at 409. That's his weakness, bro. You can't like anytime you hit David Otunga with a sunset flip, he knows he's I'm going to lose. Yeah, you gotta yeah, help me. I get he's a heavy guy, but like he, he's been 
he's been caught with that a few times now that you would think he would kind of learn how and maybe that's what truth was trying to tell him he's like hey <laughs> your your kryptonite is the, the sunset, sunset flip, flip. <laughs> everybody has that one move that defeats them yeah you know <laughs> it's the sunset flip i guess after the pinfall it was it's pretty funny because truth and hardy then start doing like a celebration like handshake <laughs> so it was it was really funny seeing like openly our truth just like celebrating against his own his own rookie at that point hey, he didn't even care yeah it's great they do a close-up on otunga and i think like his lip was busted because that like, sunset flip yeah, tore him up man <laughs> it really is his kryptonite because he was like bleeding like, yeah i saw that too i was like what happened to you dude like, after that i didn't i didn't see any blood before it was only after that move and so hey, i was man. like all right <laughs> Some some were more sensitive than others, I guess. Watch out for that sunset flip, dude. Bust your lip. <laughs> cool. So from there, we go to a commercial break. And once we come back, we get into the semifinals of the Rock'em Sock'em Challenge. We get Slater and Skip that are already on the pedestal is ready to go at it. Skip does a couple of lower body shots and knocks down Slater for the win. It was, it was pretty cool. Slater did do like a nice job of selling falling off from the the pedestal Mm -hmm. it probably looked like the most devastating one from from all the matches throughout the night then i'm almost feeling like they really just let them go up there and do that yeah like like they just hey guys whoever wins we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna we're really just gonna run with their from there with another empty promise so hey that's fun guys they just did it and didn't really care who was gonna win this (laughs) i i feel like they had some of the other ones planned, but this one, I agree. I think they just kind of let them. Yeah, like maybe the first round was kind of like planned, but the, the second round really just looked like they were going at it. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second semifinal match, we had Brian versus Young. This one was uh, the same thing. It was pretty quick. Actually, all of them were pretty quick, but after a few shots, Young does knock down Brian for the win and then heads to the finals. So it'll be Young versus uh, Skip later tonight. Mm-hmm. Then the camera kind of cuts back to Cole. And then, of course, like Cole starts bashing on Brian again because he lost another thing. And as I mentioned, like Brian was on this episode, but it's the first time that he actually didn't compete tonight. So during the entrance, Cole brings up that this is the third challenge now that Tarver doesn't actively participate in. And kind of like how we were saying, like he he knows of the empty promises probably at that Mm -hmm. point. I like that the the sarcasticness during the entrance because Michael Tarver does like that trademark T symbol that mm-hmm. he does. And then Josh kind of just says like, Oh, that's pretty impressive that he, he can do a T with his hands. And like, he just says it like really sarcastically. <laughs> it made me laugh because I, I just didn't expect him to like call him out on that. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was pretty funny. And so he says that, yeah, he hasn't won a match yet. And that both him and Brian would make like a great tag team since they're both winless so far then at that point tarver kind of just does like an open challenge like i forget if they actually had scheduled a match but by then he just kind of grabs the mic and says that he won't be like a monkey for the audience and he said uh if silence is golden yeah my words are invaluable i thought that was pretty cool yeah i i like that too but then he became a pit bull again i was like look man no 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 we get it No, no, they call him out on it because now he says he's a bulldog off his leash. Oh, and then nice. Cole, and then Cole quickly is like, "Oh, so now he's a bulldog." I thought last week he was a pit bull. So like, oh no, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I just got tired of hearing it and tuned it out. I was like, "All right, doing the dog thing again." They they totally like. I think that's 
kind of a cool thing is like the I bet they let the commentators kind of go with whatever is to to really prep like the rookies. Yeah. Because like Cole was like quick to jump on that. He was like, wait, <laughs> now you're wait a minute. <laughs> if silence is golden, then my words are invaluable. That's why I told the entire world that I am done being overlooked in NXT. I do not play by your rules. And as far as our little NXT challenge tonight, I did not come here to dance on a balloon like a little monkey for your entertainment. <laughs> Baby, I'm so disrespectful because I'm something like a bulldog off a leash. And this bulldog is issuing a challenge. No, no. I dare any one of you in NXT, rookie or pro, to come out here and stop me. So now he's a bulldog. I thought he was a pit bull. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> they have a bunch of moments like between uh between Josh and like uh Michael Cole where like they like go start talking yeah. and they'll like kind of go off on something. I'm like, you know what, this is definitely off the script. Yeah, yeah. I or you don't have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I liked about it. I think from episode three or four, I think they really found like their chemistry yeah and i forgot like because i didn't remember it at, at the time but now re-watching these episodes i do like them as a commentary team they really like gel together really nice oh yeah for some strange reason they just have a, an oddly good uh, chemistry yeah so at that point the person that accepts his open challenge is regal no i'm just kidding it like his music hits and i was like oh regal's gonna come out and challenge like, him get him but then uh, it ends up being just skip. So I was just skip. <laughs> Come on, man. yeah, skip. But it, I was like, oh man, Regal. <laughs> I thought he was gonna be like, you know, you shouldn't treat like the pros this disrespectful, or whatever. But they uh, skip does t say that Regal is stuck in Europe tonight, but he wants to make him proud. Mm -hmm. So that's why he accepts. The he open. told him the. Uh... <laughs> He said, turn your upper lip south and shut your mouth. And then he called him a nitwit of negativity. Ooh. <laughs> that's, dude, that's an insult right I, there. I really like that. <laughs> nitwit of negativity. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. that. That's a really good line. Oh, man. I caught like uh, both of those. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so as they're about to go square off, all of a sudden, Punk's music hits then. And the Straight Edge Society comes out with Young Gallows. I don't know if you caught this, but Gallows is literally like staring down Young the whole time as they're like making their way. Yeah. He's just like hella mean mugging him at that point. It was pretty funny. Punk says that Young also wants competition and replays the match from last week between him and, and Gallows. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, after showing that clip, Gallows is even more pissed off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Punk says that Young wants to strive he, that, uh, that Young strives under competition. And even though that he's already in the finals of the stick fighting thing, I thought that was pretty funny. He says that he will also insert him into this match and make it a triple threat. So this is now the first ever triple threat match or the first ever triple threat match in NXT history mm -hmm. between Tarver, Skip, and Darren Young. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting because to start off, like, Skip and Tarver start attacking Young right at the beginning of the match. Hey, you know, like, <laughs> I caught that, like, as I was watching the match, and, it, like, it didn't take for a while up until, like, after this, like, commercial break where yeah. um Young was on top. 
Yeah. And then the commercial break comes back and he's getting stomped out by yeah, both yeah, of them. Yeah. I was like, yo, what the heck? And I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. Why are you guys teaming up? Skip, you initially went over there exactly. to insult Tarver. Now y'all buddy buddy. Yeah, that that's what I had down. I was like, <laughs> it's pretty interesting storytelling because the way the sequence happened is Skip was initially the baby face by accepting that challenge. And then he went heelish by teaming teaming up with Tarver. And now Young is the baby face, but he's teamed up with a heel pro. So it's literally like, and they say like wrestling isn't layered. <laughs> like this literally is like some Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones stuff. Like, dude, straight up, it's <laughs> like I've never seen. It. It, it really doesn't make no sense, but then at the end of the day, it did. Yeah, but I I really liked it. I was like, wait a minute, what <laughs> what is going on now? <laughs> Everybody has a role, man. Yeah. <laughs> From there, uh, they yeah they keep double teaming him, and then you can kind of hear Tarver say like. Or he's yelling at Young, saying like, "I'm I'm not Luke Gallus," and jump and uh and Cole quickly jumps in there again, saying like, "Yeah, of course you're not Luke Gallus. You're still a rookie." So it was pretty cool <laughs> seeing him like defend the the pros still at that. I point. know, right? Skip does a belly to belly suplex on Young and attempts to pin, and then at that point, finally, like Tarver breaks it up, and then those two finally start arguing and uh, fight with each other. Young at that point takes advantage and attempts like a roll up, and then Tarver. Uh, gets the two count at that point skip picks up young after the the ram or i should say skip picks up young after ramming young into the corner post it looked really strong and uh it it sounded like really loud so i, I really like that one nice yeah he like dove straight to it really good yeah uh tarver and skip finally start fighting each other and then young gets back into the ring and throws skip to the outside Young reverses Tarver being thrown to the ropes and hits a nice spinning forearm. Mm. I, I like the way that he does it where like it's not a finisher, it's more just like an offensive move and it looked really cool. Yeah, like the like what's that like the rolling or roaring elbow? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's cool when you just kind of like spin and hit it as just like a momentum move. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it gets played out with like it as a finisher, because I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not nah, man, we don't need that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're gonna slap your legs so hard. So. Yeah, yeah. From there, Young heads up to the top turnbuckle, and I don't know where Gallus runs down to the ring and pushes him off. Mm-hmm. Gallus then jumps off, jumps off the apron and attacks Skip, who's still on the outside. Gallus starts yelling at Tarver to attack Young and take advantage of it to get the win. Tarver attempts a clothesline, but then gets countered into like the heat wave, which, as a reminder, is the full Nelson lifted and twisted into a flapjack. Mm-hmm. And it's dope. yeah, it, it looked, looked good. It, it looked. That's the first time I think that it looked really good on from uh yeah. Yeah, it looked really good because like did you see like after he did it and like Tarver made it look really good too because then like they had enough air after they hit the mat to where Tarver turned to his back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he could get pinned, but like Darren Young did a weird roll to yeah. pin him, but the the sequence into that move and then like everything it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. It was just so smoothly done by both guys. They mm-hmm. they really sold the move and he he got him with the pinfall at that point at 735. So yeah, I really liked the match overall. Like they were with the setup that they had done, it made it seem like it was gonna be a singles match, and then they kind of evolved it into a nice little triple threat there. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. After the match, Gallus was so angry and was still like really pissed off because Young had won, and then the commentators kind of get over the fact that like Gallus is really jealous of him and yeah, I, I thought it was like good storytelling at that point and, and continuing that story. Definitely. From there, we get Heath Slater's promo. 
then I like that right off the bat, Christian kind of says like he wasn't sure of Slater at first, but ever since then that they've started like working well together. Carlito says that of course he doesn't like him because of like <laughs> the whole spit incident. So mm-hmm. I, I like that storytelling. And then Jericho and Miz both say that they don't like Slater either, but they do admit that he has a lot of like a a lot of potential mm-hmm. and want to actually see what he ends up doing. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was like that's what makes you really think like the feedback is genuine. Pete mm-hmm. Slater is going to blow your mind in NXT, baby. Pete Slater, the one man rock band. Ah. Let's start. I wasn't sure how we were gonna get along, but we've uh, we really, you know, bonded and have, have got a, a good thing going on here. He's he's a hard worker. I think he's just has to refine all the areas of his game more than anything else. His whole persona is a bit mystifying to me. I'm not very fond of Heath Slater. <laughs> That's cool. Very over the top, almost too much annoying to where you're watching it and you're going, oh my god. I do think there's something about him that might get him into the WWE and might make fans go, all right, what's this guy going to do next? Because he's absolutely idiotic. But I kind of want to see what he's going to do. I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, You know, I've told him, you know, it's not going to be easy. You know, he's going to have to scratch and claw if he wants to win this thing. It's not going to be handed to him by any means. We get a, uh, a video recap of Christian versus Barrett from last week just to set up kind of the next the next uh, segment from there we get the finals of the rock'em sock'em challenge between skip and young this one was also pretty quick where like they battle for a few seconds but what was pretty cool is like once they knocked each other they both kind of landed at the same time and they replayed this a few times and it did look genuine it really did yeah. like especially from where the ref was at. it's like bro don't act like you saw that perfectly because you didn't yeah so at first they declare skip the winner, but then, yeah, they kind of reverse the call because after they played it a few times, they were like, yeah, these guys legitly like hit the floor mm-hmm. at the exact same time. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then at that point, they ha- had them do a rematch to like get a definitive winner. And at that point, then, yeah, skip did kind of beat young pretty quickly and, oh, yeah. and got the victory. It looked like Young was selling either an injury or trying to sell that he was tired from the match before or something like that. But- yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, it was pretty good. So, yeah, Skip is... And also, uh, this is the first time Skip has won a challenge as well and is promised the empty of promises on being featured on WWE.com, whatever that means. <laughs> it's all good, Skip. You won. <laughs> cool. And then in our main event, we have Chris Jericho coming down with Wade Barrett versus Heath Slater. Slater is currently four and two. I had written down that it's kind of interesting how they balanced out the rookie scores because earlier in the night, they also had four and two records for the other guys. And it was interesting because Slater was initially way ahead of the pack where he was undefeated for Mm -hmm. like a good while and they were like really pushing him. And now he kind of somehow fell back into a similar record to the other guys. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting where like, it shows the, how quickly like the landscape of yeah. of the show can change where he was leading the pack and now he's kind of averaging out at that point. So I thought it was pretty cool. Cole brings up the pros poll again and reminds everyone that Slater was indeed the first rookie to pin a pro. And uh, 
so he might like get lucky again tonight. Jericho slaps Slater to start the match, and then Slater starts attacking him right after. Jericho then hits like a really nice back body drop, and of course, like Slater sells it like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the next spot in a while where, at least like not in modern wrestling, when Jericho does the top rope catapult on Slater's neck. You know, like when they kind of do like the the bottom rope one and do that. Yep. I haven't. I don't know if if it's just me not watching every episode of Raw and SmackDown, but I have I haven't seen that move in in like a while. You know what I mean? Like to the bottom rope or just like to the, to yeah, the turnbuckle? No, like to the yeah that bottom rope one where like they kind of catapult. I haven't seen it in like modern wrestling in in like a while. I could be wrong, but hmm. I have to think about it now. Yeah, because when when I saw him do that, I was like, oh, yeah. When was the last time I saw him? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looked really good. And of course, Slater sold it like really well. Ooh. Jericho starts celebrating after that. And then the crowd starts booing him. Really, really like good heat between that. The commentators do a good job of calling the match and also slightly kind of advertising extreme rules mm-hmm. because he has a pay-per-view uh, match against Edge in a steel cage this Sunday. So it's pretty cool because usually with um i don't i don't know if you remember like velocity and heat when they would never talk about the actual match that was going on they would be advertising like they would start talking about matches that were either coming up on raw or a pay-per-view that like the guys that were actually having a match on heat and velocity they they barely covered the match Mm -hmm. but i like this nice blend where they still gave the main event or even any match really like the respect of calling the match, but also slightly still promoting their upcoming paper. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Slater tries to fight back, but Jericho hits like a nice drop kick after that. Jericho attempts to do the, the line salt, but Slater moves out of the way. Slater then hits a clothesline and starts getting like some offense in Jericho gets control again and distracts the referee after poking uh, Slater in the eyes. He grabs Slater and then tries to go for the walls of Jericho. And then literally out of nowhere, Slater just counters it and rolls him up into a small package. And yeah, he gets the the win and they really make it like a big deal. And I really mm-hmm. liked it. I like that. It was uh, he got the pin at 307. And yeah, the, the crowd popped and like Cole and, and Josh like really emphasize like what a huge moment that was. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up after the match, but. During the entrances, I really like kind of like how we were mentioning these small little details that the commentators kind of throw out is kind of cool because to me, it might have just been like a throwaway line, but it had it did add so much more to the match where as Jericho and Barrett were walking down to the ring, Josh kind of says like, oh, yeah, Jericho has like a matchup or he has a match this Sunday and this would be like a good tune up match for him. So Mm. it's very subtle. This is just going to be like an average match there. Jericho's gonna win and stuff like that. So he was subtly kind of throwing it in there that like this is just gonna be nothing. It's like a warm up, a little exhibition. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that at that point because it made it seem like yeah, like nothing special is gonna happen tonight. Mm-hmm. And then of course, then they mess kinda, around and lost. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really like that. I think Josh is underrated as a commentator. Mm-hmm. Like the way he does it is where he emphasizes stuff, but. He knows when to kind of balance it between selling something a lot, but also like when things can just be kind of like subtly put in there with, with not hyping up as as much at that point. Yeah. At first, Jericho goes through like every emotion possible. For first, he goes into like shock that it actually happened. 
then he calmly starts talking to the referee about like you know all right like obviously this was a mistake like, like yeah come on, come on it's nothing and then from there then he gets like mad <laughs> and then at that point then he tries to calm himself down again and then he's like okay okay like i know i know we're all hysterical right now but like you know it was just a two count right and then like when the referee doesn't budge then like he really just like loses his mind <laughs> and starts yelling at him and then goes to the outside and starts throwing chairs and messing around with the, the uh, table, the the announcer's table and starts throwing stuff there. Tantrum. Throws a chair and yeah, a general uh, tantrum. And it was funny because like, I really laughed out loud where as they were like closing the episode and the signature came up, like all you had was like the commentators not say anything. And then Jericho just yelling at the referee on the outside, just like, you're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> just like Jericho begging to have it waved off. Cole, not only did Heath Slater defeat Chris Jericho, Jericho is going for the walls of Jericho, which Slater countered. Look at the huge smile on the face of Heath Slater and the most embarrassing moment of the career of Chris Jericho. And on the eve of this steel cage match in Extreme Rules, how will this affect Jericho going to that matchup with Edge? But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it overall and thought that that was the perfect ending. To me, I'm going to kind of go out on the limb and say, like, this is probably my favorite episode so far throughout, mm. throughout all the ones that we've kind of covered. I'm going to have to go back and change some of my stuff. Yeah. I'll, OK, I'll I'll go first. Yeah, you go ahead. So for me, I gave initially I was going to give commentary at three, but after watching it, a few more times before I finalized my notes, I did have to bump it up to a four based on like, yeah, all those small details that the commentators did say throughout the match. And again, like I really like Josh and, and Cole in this episode where they did a really good job of recapping like all the stories and hinting at those little small things between all the matches and really continuing the stories there. Then for the matches themselves, I also gave it a four because even though like most of the matches were pretty short, I did like the the character building for Young and and Slater in this episode. Like they were really making them more of a standout. And then even though it wasn't a match, they kind of put Skip into that format. He inserted himself into a match afterwards. Yeah. And then even though he he and Young were already or I should say he and Slater were already going to be in the finals, they kind of gave him like double the spotlight in that episode that kind of get their character development over and i thought the matches were really good on that on that end but for me the match of the episode was uh jericho versus slater just because same yeah just because of how how good the storytelling that surprise victory and it's the biggest upset in nxt history yeah so for that time yeah if not ever yeah i yeah i'm, I'm kind of curious like if not ever <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of curious because i don't know the rest of the episodes but We'll see, like, if that actually gets topped or not, because, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, right now we're sitting on Heath Slater defeating the first undisputed champion. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for sure that was, like, the biggest upset so far. And for me, my honorable mention was Otango versus Gabriel, because, yeah, I think they had, like, a really good matchup for 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 both being somewhat greenish still. Mm. And uh, working with each other, I thought, was pretty good. 
So for me, I'm actually going to give my first ever five for production. Wow. Because I think the production team was actually the stars of this show where, you know, they had to pretty much like set up and take down that challenge stage like throughout the whole episode. Mm. So they had to go back and and put it back. Up. Yeah, yeah. And they nice. did it seamlessly. Like it, nice. made, it, it made it seem like they kind of like when they do the purple ropes for the cruiserweight division like oh yeah they, they just do it so smoothly like whenever we start covering those like i'm also going to give production a five there because the <laughs> the way they smoothly just did it like and do it throughout the whole match i i thought it was really or throughout the whole night i should say it was really good and then yeah just like i really love these new pros feedback video packages that to me i had to give them like a really high score in this episode because mm. They they debuted these packages and they're gonna continue on into next week and the weeks after. Oh man, you know what? <laughs> and then uh, for me, for entertainment, I did give it a four based on like the other categories being so strong this week. So I didn't want to give it a perfect five because I think they could have had still a good balance between the matches and the challenges being a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. But for the the different format that they tried out with this episode, I think it really worked because yeah, they put the challenges in different order where like it wasn't stretched out mm-hmm. as one long segment and kind of spread out the challenges and matches throughout the night. And yeah, to me, I felt like this was probably the quickest 45 or 48 minutes so far. Mm. And it was a really easy watch and going back to kind of recap some of my notes it was really easy to like watch it multiple times at that point. So yeah. Okay. Nice, man. Um, so I, while you were talking, I had to do a lot of changing of my scores. <laughs> um, because I actually ended up, you know, in retrospect, I did like that episode a lot more than I thought I did. Yeah, yeah. So like I uh, originally gave the commentary mm-hmm. three, I bumped that up to a four mm-hmm. because uh you, you uh pointed out some really good things that I I knew that I caught, but I just didn't process at the time. Yeah. So I uh, appreciated that. I know we don't normally do uh point fives yeah yeah yeah. but i had the one in there for the matches oh because, yeah no uh, i liked them they weren't a four to me but i i had to go from three to 3.5 just because like uh the storytelling in the matches was really good the production i had to bump up to to i, I bumped that up twice actually uh-huh. uh when we started i had it at three yeah and then I put it up to four. Yeah. And then uh, I put it up to 4.5. Because <laughs> I didn't want to go five just yet. But yeah. I was like, you know what? There was some really dope stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the production team, like, kind of came up with that one. And then, like, since I feel like this was the episode that I really noticed how much I liked the stage. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. had to bump that oh, up some yeah, more, too. Because I was like, you know what? The stage is really dope. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So that one got a, a, a 4.5 <laughs> out of me. And then Entertainment the started at, I think, three. Yeah. And they got put up to four. Yeah. I, I Which think, now that I'm thinking, yeah, four. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a, a good episode. I watched it while I was eating, too. So it was mm-hmm. like, it was just so smooth. While I'm taking my notes, my first reaction is my most honest one. Yeah. So I like to do that for uh, my notes. And then when we come in and talk about it, that's kind of like when I get to reflect on it in my head because it's still kind of fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe the score that I gave at the time wasn't yeah. good. Or maybe it was too good and it needs to be knocked down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, I, that's the way that I usually kind of go about it. So, you know, that was a good episode, man. Nice. Cool. So with our combined score... This might be the highest one. This is now the highest one, and it breaks the three average that we usually kind of average out. 
and this episode actually gets the first ever 4.0. So this is definitely, so far, the episode that I think we'll highly recommend, obviously, based on like the score. So yeah, I I knew I wanted to give it like its due credit because it was really an entertaining episode from end to end, you know? It looked like, um, to me, that was the episode that like they were having the most fun. Yeah. Like everybody looked like they were having fun from pros to rookies. The commentators sounded like they were having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what they did the night before this episode, but <laughs> everybody seemed in like high spirits and they, like it just flowed really well and it just went through and it was good. And it was weird because it was like, now that you pointed out the fact that Daniel Bryan didn't even have a match. That's the weird Like, part, how right? did that happen that like, the best episode so far that we scored was like the one that didn't really have Daniel Bryan. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, Bryan, but yeah, that's that was the kind of unique aspect that I didn't think about until I started doing the fact checking. That I was like, wow, that was a really good episode. But at the same time, Bryan didn't even wrestle, so I was like really thrown off. So yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was an interesting one, but definitely my favorite one so far. So I'm glad I got the score that it did. Man, cool. So with that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard to top after that because then the next episode, we actually have another pro versus rookie main event with The Miz versus Skip Sheffield. And then next week's challenge is the Seal the Deal challenge. I won't get into too many details on what that occurs, but maybe I'll give you a hint with with that title name, the Seal the Deal. So whatever you think that means. That's the challenge. It has to do with uh, whoever can like FedEx and UPS the most packages by licking stamps. Ooh, <laughs> sealing the deal. That, that's what it is. I don't even. Like, I, I, I not UPS and FedEx, but like postals. Like who could mail out the most letters, licking stamps? Yeah, that, sealing deals. That's what the challenge. It's is. like for uh 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 like contracts for matches. You're gonna seal these deals. Oh, okay. And by you're literally gonna seal them, <laughs> and we're gonna see who can lick. <laughs> Just stealing, wheeling and dealing. Ooh, there it is. See, it all, it only makes sense. You're mailing uh, like autograph pictures of Ric Flair, yeah, to fans. Oh, and it's like whoever could ship out. Them. Yeah, we're done. We're done. <laughs> cool, but yeah, like I said, uh, it should be an interesting one, and can't wait to get to that episode as well. But uh, yeah, that does it for us. Again, I want to just remind everyone that we do have a mailing list where you can hit us up with any of your questions. It could literally be about anything wrestling related. It doesn't have to be just NXT, but if you have any questions about this current era that we're covering or any general NXT modern wrestling or WWE, just feel free to email us at halfkmail at gmail.com. And we'll also have our weekly AMA on Instagram with the Instagram story and if you want to send us any questions there uh, did you have any plugs this week I don't okay yeah I I'm kind of <laughs> plugless as well so I'll, I'll just kind of give a shout out to grow canvas girl again which is our parent company and has been helping us out with all the production and visuals for this for the show so thanks again and uh, yeah we'll check you out on the next episode and that is it for me. Run it. <laughs>